wholeness and balance vibration to everyone. Today is a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to the 2012 show. Today is January the 22nd, 2012. And, of course, 2012 is lifestyle programming in which we bring you the most hottest topics of 2012 from the spiritual sector. Through esoteric knowledge, we define exactly what our experience is are going to be about and what they have been about in our existence on this universe. Today, of course, I have my panel with me. I do have Wes and Crystal on the panel. And we're going to be talking about the pineal gland. But before we get into the show, of course, we always do a sound test to make sure that you're hearing us loud and clear on that other side. And, of course, we are live today, so you will have the opportunity to call in and ask questions. But before we get started... Uh, just to address someone that is in the chat room, can you hear us clearly? And we just need you to respond back, yes, we can hear you clearly, and then we can get on with the show. Again, we are asking someone that is in the Blog Talk Radio chat box if they can hear us clearly to... Type in as they can. Okay, great. So, <laughs> okay, so let's get started here today. This is a part of the first part of a segment that we're going to do. Of course, this is still preseason, but this is the first part of a segment that we're going to open up about opening the pineal gland. Personally, to uh, this week, I got a chance to go away for about a day and a half just to go into the wild because there's a lot of wild here in Costa Rica, and I happen to have a vivid physical third eye experience. It wasn't just um, visions and things of this nature, but I woke up in the morning and I began to have a physical uh, twitching within my third eye, which I felt before, but it never lasted all day. And then towards the end of the day, it began to spiral. And this is 100% very vivid, and it went on. So it prompted me to really, really get the information out about what it can do or what it does and how people can utilize it and why it's important to have it. Because what I'm realizing in your society right now, in the society that we're living in, is that religion has basically made everyone stagnant. What it's done is, is it's allow people to forget the power that they have and the ability that they have and look to something else for that ability. And this was never supposed to be done. You have to go into the reality and into the universe to learn your lessons and experiences, to pair up with your other half or your soulmate. All these things are really true. I'm in a living documentation of vividly discovering these things and then being able to bring the information to show that it's not only true, but that there has definitely been a timing process in when we're going to learn this information. And now we're learning it right now, and it's important for everyone to learn it right now. In the past, there could be a million excuses of why we didn't get it from the different factions that were holding it from us, et cetera, et cetera. But some people spend their whole life complaining and 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 talking about negativity, and they die with negativity on their mind. 
and never go into working on the solution. So we don't want to have the same failure as some very great people that came through this world but ultimately end up failing because they could not transcend their message into the next level of where it had taken its adherence. So it's most important to realize that at the resistance and the wholeness foundation here also on the 2012 show, which is known as the Universal Current, the University of the World, we are fully engaged to give you the information about how to get to a higher level, and we are not getting distracted. The main thing you have to understand here in 2012 is the force that has been seeking to keep people behind knows this is the time that their third eye awakens. The third eye is more like a, a, a solar disk. The actual symbolism in uh, the Egyptian the Egyptian lore of the solar disk is the third eye, and when it opens, it's your sun in your body. So it shines onto all of your planets that are in darkness right now because they're inside of your water or your flesh, and they don't have a light. Just like our planet, if the sun moves away from the planet, the planet has no light. So it has an internal core, but it doesn't, it's no light. And that's why in the beginning of the Christian Bible, it says, let there be light, to indicate that the time previous to that was the Tiamat, the matrix, the womb, the darkness, the place where they say the monsters lived because they were very unfamiliar with the beings that were existing inside of this plasmic type of fluid that uh, that's called uh, what they're calling the water. And this is very similar to the, the fluid that I believe is the amniotic fluid that the woman carries inside of her womb. So you have to understand that what that this year, because it, it's the timing for activation, if you notice, in the sky, the sun has a particular time. It doesn't go faster and it doesn't go slower. So this means that we could want something so bad, but if it's not time for it, it won't be available. So thus in the past, people have been wanting to graduate to higher levels of spirituality, and it's just for some reason it keeps to be one stagnancy, one distraction, one thing after another. But really what it is is it's been providing you lessons and experience to prep you for now. So you can at least buy somewhat and say, okay, now this is time. But don't allow these entities, which I'm, I'm going to be mapping them out as we go on in the show's future, but these entities who have already been identified, just in particular factions and even their pictures, do not let them distract you from opening up your third eye. Do not let the revelation problem seize you, meaning that the way the book of the revelations is written, there's a large chunk of the world that believes that that is going to happen. So they're actually, they're actually believing that they want to destroy the planet. It's insane. Especially since their connection with the being that told them that that was going to happen is almost non-existent, meaning that these people do not talk vividly most of the time with whatever they're saying that they worship. They are in a psychosis in their mind, and it's very hard at times to communicate with yourself when you believe that the God is outside of you and you are the God. So there are things that have to be corrected and this is the time that those things come into correction. And there is many, there's a great deal of assistance here to allow you to do that because, like I said, it's time. So what the third eye is about, what I've done is um, I'm also going to bring my, my panel host in, in in a moment. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about the number one ways to activate 
the pineal gland. We're going to talk about C1 bone adjustments. We're going to talk about, or maybe I even pronounced that wrong, but we're going to talk about bone adjustments. We're going to even talk a little bit about DMT. We're going to talk about casilla. We're going to talk about alfalfa. We're going to talk about basically what you need to do to get access to what. So that's, of course, the conversation that's got to come first. Like, what does the third eye do? What is it all about? Why is it such is such a desired ability to have? And so we'll start first with understanding that, again, that the third eye is what activates other chakras. Even your root chakra can activate, but the other chakras basically can't use that energy. The only thing that can use the energy of the root chakra is everything below it. So this is very similar to a hierarchical system where once you get to a certain level, the ones below you can't command you. Basically, they can't give you a charge or they can't give you energy. So what happens is, is that in our body, because our consciousness resides within some of the top parts of our brain, as far as our higher states of consciousness, our whole body is conscious, but the highest consciousness, the frequencies, etc., are in the head, and that's why they have the skull to protect them. So if you actually laid out the entire body and started taking it piece by piece and understanding, just from the standpoint that the higher frequency beings are residing in your brain, you could actually come up with the exoteric doctrine for what all of these religions are really saying, but of course, it's externalized, so it's going to have a fear factor that is attached to it. So you could come up with the story of this entire universe within your body. I'm here to tell you that that is 100%. I'm an individual. I've read over 15, now in the 16,000 books. I have, we have machines that read books to us all day, day and night, even while we're asleep. So we can access large amounts of data to see what's been going on on this planet. And we've proved time and time again that through the etymology and through the different knowledge and belief systems, when you actually take the cream off the top of them, or the gist of it, like when you take to someone, get to the point, we brought that into one place, and it's starting to point at one thing. And that's why we're on this line today, because it's pointing at the third eye. Even when they say that, okay, well, in the Masonic and Illuminated individuals, they have access to the third eye, I can tell you 100%, this is what gives them the advantage over humanity. And it's not something that they can prevent from happening except for by telling people they can prevent it from happening and get it, getting them caught up into things that, is, is say, that tell them it's not supposed to happen for you, meaning that the religions don't erect the person as the, the crown of creation of the Most High. The religions erect an external being that is invisible as that. So when that happens in the reality that you're living in, this is when you got to get serious. you got to get to the point where you realize the jeopardy that the current dimension that your frequency is on is in. Now, this is where avatars, messiah roles, and things like that come up because someone actually needs to raise the frequency of the environment by raising their frequency because then it raises the frequency of everything around it. Then those things, trees, plants, in turn, give it back. They're familiar with this system of cycling energy because everything knows that except for basically this idiot faction that we've recently been under that has been working a purpose to simply hold us until a certain time, but it cannot hold us now anymore. 
So that's what people have been talking about in all of these different projects, Camelots and things of that nature. They talk about when it gets to the point where they can't hold us. Now they're talking about financial problems and things of this nature. If you've noticed that most esoteric factions have now succumbed to the financial crisis, even though many of those esoteric factions have thousands and hundreds of thousands of donations that they've already received from various parties. So they're just propagating fear in a time in which we should actually be working on activation because the stars are lined up for your third eye to activate. I'm going to give you a few key points. The first thing is, is that the calcification. Now, the calcification plays like an egg around or shell around the egg. And what, what happens with this shell around the, uh, the egg is it gives time in order for when the pineal gland is grown enough, it will start to put pressure on that egg. And then as it puts pressure on that egg, there will start to become more of a forming of the matter inside of it. So basically this means that if you're inside of a planet, which is like an egg, and you're the yolk in this case, once the pressure or the crucible starts to pressurize you, then you actually start to develop. You become compressed matter. This brings in life. This is how light and liquids are make life, if you want to understand how that process works. And so as that pressure begins, then it's time for it to crack. So now it's time for your pineal, pineal gland to crack. How that happens, some people say, well, it's supposed to happen naturally. That may be, but we understand one thing. We can't even we can't even fathom what's been going on in the society. We can't even really control these politicians who are doing what they're supposed to do. So how do we even know that the story that our pineal glands are supposed to activate by themselves is even true? We have always been taught, especially within the, the esoteric knowledge, to to use will, to go forth, to never let anyone hold you back in time and say, in time, it will happen. No, you have to make it happen. So what happens now is that you have to crack the egg. You have to actually crack this shell that's around this uh, the pineal gland. And, of course, the reality is rigged now to actually calcify it more. So it's in the water. Like, you could run some water, and then you can look in the sink and then look in different things of your clothes and see how much calcium the water is leaving. So that calcium goes directly into the brain for some reason. It's like the brain is programmed to get the calcium first because generally calcium is supposed to be accompanied with magnesium, and the mag magnesium or the mag, they, they, they need the magnesium for the magnetic situation that is going on in the brain because the brain is magnetic while the lower worlds are electric. As you see, our world is electric with Elohim. So what happens here is is that we get this opportunity to figure out for ourselves, are you really the one? Like, are you, have you been sitting there dormant accepting what they're saying about you that you can't really do anything? You don't really have any power. You can't change this world. In certain instances, those things may even be true because the reality is even words of power don't work unless you have kundalini. Even strong manifestations back into physicality don't work unless you have kundalini. So the grounding of oneself into the planet is the second component of, kundalini, of, of activation of the third eye. It's very interesting. Some people thought that they were going to activate their third eye but not have a connection with nature. And it works on multiple levels, but the reality with our, our cities and towns are is that cement and rubber 
don't, don't be dead in your connection. That's the two components that's necessary to sever your connection with the ground. So you basically have no ground. So even when you're utilizing these breathing techniques and these, these uh, third eye visualizations, if you don't get an opportunity to go out there and ground so you can charge up somewhere, then you won't feel the stimulation that accompanies the physical stimulation with the third eye, which is what you need to look for. Your ladder's got to connect. You've got to feel physical movement within the third eye, and it's very vivid. So here's the thing. We are, in essence, batteries that can charge. So this means that even once you – you don't have to confine yourself to the jungle. we got work to do. But when you go out into the wild, you can charge up there then come back into the reality, and then you'll know when your batteries are getting low, and then you can charge up again. And, of course, as your ground gets stronger, and this is something that a friend uh, talked to me about. He was studied underneath a Dojin master for a prolonged period of time that took him into multiple worlds by just uh, through meditation. And he told him to never take his, in the beginning of the medita- meditation, to never take his feet off the ground until he established a firm connection with the Mother Earth, the Kundalini, to the point where even if you're in an airplane, you could still feel your roots connecting to the ground. And this is very, very interesting that such levels of power can be achieved. And these are, I'm talking to individuals that don't do lying. They don't even have time to waste. And that's why I was saying on the post that I've had the opportunity to meet some very unique individuals just because of the path that I'm on. So I can be here for you to give you the information and to share with you what I've discovered from these individuals. You have to become more soluble. This is why there's a lot of people who say, well, I don't feel anything. And it's because the body is dense that you have to use tools such as the MMS to neutralize the water. You have to bring up the frequency with electromagnetic spectrum, such as the Ethereum gold. These are things that are not even really expensive, per se, to what's being sold in the medical industry, but it allows you to be more soluble. This means that when the essences that are available, the first part of them that start coming in, you're receiving them. This means you're almost getting the first part of, quote, unquote, the harvest or the energy that is set up for you to receive. So what ends up happening here is that you get this, again, opportunity to do this this time. Whether I believe this year is the, the, the step, the point where everything comes to a head, because I've discovered certain images as we've been tracking down this 528 herds these images are now 100% bona fide that they are the corresponding images to activate the pineal gland because shape is sound is color. Even having the image around changes the environment to the highest frequency over time. I want you to, for those that are tuned in, to go to the resistance website. We've installed a new widget and in or toolbar and in that toolbar there is now an icon next to the YouTube button and there is a picture it's a picture icon and you can click on that. So I'm gonna wait for just a moment just to allow people to navigate there. But if you go to the first page of the resistance site, www.resistance2010.com, if after you allow the page to load, if you look on the bottom, there will be a toolbar that loads. And on that toolbar Next to the YouTube 
icon, which is on the left side, there is a picture icon. It looks like a camera. You press that button, and what will pop up is uh, uh, an applet called CoolPix. It will take some time to load, probably about sometimes 30 seconds even, but it will load. In there, you will find three pictures. The first picture that I want to bring attention to, and these pictures are pulled from a document that J.J. Hertak put together. Now, we know that J.J. Hertak is a Yahwist, so it's quite evident where that propaganda ultimately leads with duality, especially with uh, the Yaldabaoth entity of the Gnostic scripture. However, because uh, that particular entity does contain a large amount of information about how the reality was designed and what was used to control it, we've been able to pull images, and I'm actually skimming through the book now, and I have a... Uh, a member of the resistance, Rasu, who's a professional at such things in that documentation. But there are a number of codes and sequences and schemes and ge geometry and uh, pyramid locations and things of this nature that I know, especially from the status that the book is in now in certain arenas, were the ones that the quote-unquote controllers were using to keep the reality as it is. The interesting part is, um, well, basically to keep the to keep the knowledge of the reality, so that they could have this elite level of being. Now, remember, this is non-dualistic time. So, what we're mainly doing is bringing to you the information of exactly who is doing it, why they're doing it, when they did it, etc. But we encourage you. There's nothing to be conflictive about. Move on. Take the knowledge. Don't get distracted and keep moving. But if someone asks you, because many people that are on this line have the, the duty and have the commission and even been ordained, as the word is used, to go out and to take the message abroad, they have to know the answers to these type of questions and they have to know the knowledge behind these kind of things in order to speak with intelligence and high reason within the within the places that they will have to speak in, meaning that neo-universalism, which is the title that has been given, which is to show the commonality between all species in this universe, is what I believe to be the next system of, of spiritual awakening because it contains a non-dualistic format. So let's continue with this third eye. So... How the third eye works, of course, is through these processes that we've been sharing for the last six months and going through different modes of, uh, of um, transformation, going from the heart instead of the brain, um, even being to the point of questioning all the letters and numbers, extreme logic. That whole process has been making the pineal gland grow because if you look at it as a physical thing, you're only capturing one part of it. When you look at the spiritual, the spiritual part about it, that's the essence of it. The actual essence of the, the, the pituitary gland, the spirit of the pituitary gland itself, grows off of truth. So what you have, is, what you, what you can do now is when you gain an excessive amount of truth, it actually allows this gland to grow. And so again, this puts pressure on that calcium. So what you can do now is you could take these techniques, such as using the third eye tools. Like one thing that I'm going to make sure that I do is I'm going to make sure that within the next two weeks that I deliver the proper tools to open the third eye 
on your own in your home as far as getting it ready to start to receive the energy. The planet itself and the universe is going to do the rest. And then these extra pointers like what we're going to talk about with the steeping certain barks of trees and uh, uh, the MMS, et cetera, those are the extra things that you can do. So, again, I want people to understand that all of the stuff that we talk about is to accelerate the process. However, if you are just there and you don't have any money and you don't you know, know what to do, we have solutions for that, too. You can utilize the techniques that we're going to be showing within the next two weeks to graduate yourself to this higher level and to receive this energy so you can get on with your experience in the universe. I'm here to tell you today that I've had the opportunity within the last two days to see worlds that had no human life yet. The worlds were far more pristine than the one in which we live in. And I mentioned this on the post. And those worlds are ready to receive human life, but they are on a higher frequency. And the only way to join into those worlds is to raise oneself to a higher frequency. And it makes perfect sense, especially for all of what we've been studying, to, to know that your frequency is governing what you're aware of and what you're not. I'm giving you a high frequency, which is the 528 hertz, in order to basically light the entire body at this point. And so what we're going to do is I, I want to talk a little bit about, I want to bring Crystal in, I want her to talk a little bit about adjusting your C1 bone, and I'm also going to be looking into the, into the chat box so that I can uh, answer some of the questions and things that are here and just get on top of that. So... Crystal, I'm going to actually open up the line because I have been um, keeping the line on mute just for sound situations, but you are live on air, you and Wes. How's everything? Hey, how's it going, Seven? We're doing phenomenal over here in Canada. Hello? Excellent. Excellent. Yes, yeah. we can hear you loud and clear. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, no, things are going really well. I can't believe it's been two two weeks since we talked last. Yeah, yeah. Time's flying, hey? Yeah, time is really, really fine. Like the, I was just, it's funny that you mentioned that last show was the pre-recording and I, I put that together. There was such a high amount of information shared from our Skype chats, which we're going to continue this week. We didn't get a chance to continue, well, I guess it's Sunday, so yeah, this week we're going to be continuing the Skype chat, but this Wednesday we didn't get a chance to, to do it. But so much information is being communicated through there. I just didn't want everyone to miss it, so I uploaded it. And also it helps me to do this show, of course, the 2012 show has to be done bi-monthly now because uh, all the information that we're going to be delivering on the show and just all the other stuff that we're actually involved in also and giving us enough time to cover all of our bases. Perfect. Yeah, I just wanted to share with everybody um, what Wes had been going through over the last year. We Wes had scoliosis Um and he kind of just found out that he had it about a year ago. He started getting really intense headaches, migraines actually right behind his eye. And, of course, he went to the doctor and, you know, they just gave him a bunch of prescription medicine like, you know, Tylenol and such to try to get rid of it. But um, then we, we came across a chiropractor and he took some measurements of Wes and he said, oh, yeah, you know, you've, you've got some serious subluxations in your spine. You've got scoliosis. You need help. So we did uh, traditional chiropractic practice for about, I guess, a year and a bit and spent a lot of money doing it. And then uh, Wes's mom actually said, oh, there's this great um, this great guy uh, called Josh. He's opening up a, a NUCA uh, practice. And what that is, it's, it's spelled N-U-C-C-A. 
here in Canada, and it's an upper cervical spine chiropractor, and he basically, um, his specialization is doing the C1 atlas bone at the very top of the spine where the base of your skull sits, and it's a very non-invasive, simple adjustment that he did. It's kind of like a, a gentle kneading pressure, I would say. He takes lots of measurements with really high-tech uh, gear, and then he just he makes a really simple adjustment at the top, and it kind of sounds like a bit of a popping kind of a sound. But anyways, we found really big changes in our, our total spiritual progress once we got that aligned. It's almost like a light switch came on and, uh, you know, for Wes, he, he was cured of his scoliosis in about seven treatments, which is just unbelievable. And for me, I wasn't as bad, so it took only about three. But, you know, when you consider what you pay for traditional chiropractics, you know, thousands of dollars, um, and then with Josh, it ended up costing us, you know, just a few hundred dollars. So our initial uh, adjustment and x-rays were about $50, and then every additional treatment was about $35, whether you needed to be adjusted or not. But um, it's great, you know, because it, it goes right to the root of the cause. It's at the top of your, your spine, so the rest of your spine just kind of falls in line like dominoes, you know, whereas the traditional chiropractics, they're really forcing your spine back into alignment, you know, so it's it's a lot harder on your body for sure, but I would definitely recommend it if you can find that in your area, NUCCA, N-U-C-C-A, check it out. Exactly, excellent, you know what, it's just very important to always consider everyone because people have different situations going on and been involved with different things in their journey through Earth. Earth is definitely uh, can be somewhat of a turbulent field, and people have come into many different collisions with life, and it's left certain types of damage that can be solved now. And it's just important, I would suppose, for everyone to get involved in tuning into their body more to understand, especially the spine, how important it plays in transferring all of your energy and to make sure that that energy is transferring properly because there was a video that was just posted recently in the blog um, by resistance member Peter Georges, and it's very interesting to watch that video because it is, like to me, at first I looked at it and I heard the music and I thought, okay, it's another New Age video. This is crazy. I'm going to remove it. But then as you listen to it, it's telling you exactly what's going to happen. It talks about how when the energy starts to pick up, many people in their minds are going to start become very restless. And because of their inhibitions or their religions or their rules or their structure or all of what has been basically their shell, they're going to start to press up against. Then they're going to feel frustrated about not expressing themselves and not answering to what their inside is saying because this outside thing is holding them. And then it talks about if they continue to do that, and this is going to be mainly a problem with religious people, then that energy is going to actually cause an internal fire from a, from a, um, from a level that it will damage the body. So almost in the, it says in the conclusion that it may even catch the body on fire. And so some people may think that that's really crazy. And some people think that that's maybe even fear-mongering. But if anyone's ever been to a real Kundalini awakening course, like for those individuals who were activating Kundalini before the 2012 points or whatever, that I've heard of stories where when the Kundalini activated because the person was eating too much corn syrup, that their hair caught on fire. 
So, and then many people understand the Kundalini energy when it's going through. As long as it's cycling, then it's, you know, it's very, very, uh, exhilarating and, and, and expansive. But if it's stuck and you feel the pain and the pressure in that area, then it's important to get that looked at as far as even on the physical level, adjusting the spine to where that energy can move through there. Because many of us, again, have different things going on. So it's just important to know that. Um, we're going to take some questions here that are actually in the chat box. Um, Quantum Polarity says, is there any benefit from taking L-tyrosine to assist from activation, of, to assist with activation of pineal gland? And if so, what is the dosing to achieve optimal results? Now, the first thing is, is that, okay, so let's, let's get to that question just directly. Now, the element in particular I am not familiar with, so we're just going to go to our engines in order to get me slightly familiar with it. But why I'm getting familiar with it, what I want to talk about is the starting, what I want to start talking about here is the premium ways to activate the pineal gland. Right now, currently, just like what's going on in fringe is we are now preparing ourselves to steep the cassia tree to, which is like a tea then, to see if it will begin to stimulate the pineal gland enough to break the shell without having to take the cassia tree through the alchemical process in order to extract the spirit molecule because the cassia bark is still the highest in the element that is needed to stimulate the pineal gland. And this is knowledge that has been carried throughout the ancient world under names of cassia, acacia, and even the burning bush, the philosopher's stone, the element that can turn anything into gold. I have a very high notion that large amounts of dimethanol tryptamine, which are still very difficult to accumulate, but a, like a large jar of this substance in dropping a crystal in there would bring the crystal fully active to whatever it was. Dropping a plant in there and allowing it to grow in it would bring it fully active in the physical dimension. Now I tell you this people, I'm giving you information that has never really been bought forth before from in my understanding like directly on radio or anything of this nature. So I believe there's still something about this particular time that is Keep making a hole for us, for better lack of words, like, hey, take the knowledge, understand what's going on, check it out yourself, use your scientific method, use your logical method, use your alchemical method, use your etymological method, use your spiritual method, use your sensual method, whatever method you have to use, use it now, scan what I'm telling you, and you will find it to be truth, because it's redundified everywhere. Just as, as our humanity is a fractal, and the woman, the woman can burp a woman, can burp a woman, can burp a woman, that is the reality of facts that we're dealing with now. So, actually made, uh, myself familiar with, uh, tyrosine here, which I've, I've done that through Wikipedia. And, which are, these are definitely alkaloids. What I will talk, what I will say with this is that nature itself is gonna always be your, it's going to be your number one stop for things this nature because it's organic and it's already calibrated to do it. When you start to basically utilize specific chemicals to cause the process, then you have to do clinical trials because it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everyone at all because it really starts to cross over to more of a biochemical level where if the person doesn't have the right pH and if they don't have the right 
thing going on in their body, they could take it to have no effect at all. But there's things in nature because there's the spirit there, meaning that the actual essence of whatever the creation itself is, is present there. It hasn't been taken through man's process of artificial presence. Then that is going to be what you need to, to get you there. And so going down that aisle, and people should really listen to this, going down that aisle with all of the seasonings and grabbing that oregano, grabbing that parsley, getting that cilantro, getting that uh, fresh parsley, and getting that incorporated into your foods, grabbing that curcumin or cumin and grabbing that curry and grabbing all of the yellow or the gold seasonings that give you current or insulation of current is a good idea right now because we're talking about energy. So we don't have to be geniuses to know that look outside and see the thickness of the wire that is running the power to everyone's house. Now, look at a wire of your headphones. You see the difference? There's one that is a lower gauge and thicker because it has to carry more power. So in our case in this world right now, if your veins and your, your, your system in your body, your channels are, have to be calibrated to carry this energy. It's not a free-for-all. See, that's what many of these different factions have made it seem like, oh, once it happens, it just happens. You know, you don't have to do, you only have to do this ritual. You only have to do this. No, no, that's not the truth. The reality was always this was a process that actually used to take 20 years. We've now condensed it into two years because we're just more advanced beings. It will condense further into one year. It will condense to the point where even when the worst people in this reality decide to change, they'll have the opportunity to change that day. That's how that zero-point field works with consciousness. Like basically many of the people you've counted out as already gone and the most evilest will be the ones that wait all the way to the end to, to jump into, quote-unquote, the ark, meaning that everything here is serving a purpose. Nature teaches you that. And for that purpose, there is just reward, meaning that for as much as you push into this reality to do something to it is as much as you get back from it. So, in essence, we have to still realize that in our world, everything that is going on here is going on by will of the universe. It's something that's supposed to be happening. But this year is how you can begin to separate everything that happened in your past and remove the regret, remove the guilt, remove the convictions, because that's weight. It's going to keep you down. You just have to understand that, again, your entire experience here was just that, to get you to this point. If and when you activate, you will realize you will change nothing about anything that ever happened to you in your past because you know that you would not be activated right now, meaning that if you change one small thing, if you go left when you should have went right, you have an entirely different future. So be comfortable with who you are now and be able to accept who you are and break out of the the pre-programming that says, no, you're not that if you say you're that, then you're going to start having bad luck and you're going to start having problems, etc. Flee from that. And so let us um, now, we're going to take some questions again. And I'm also going to allow um, 
Wes to come in on the line and maybe take this question. There, the person is saying, um, when I sit on when I sit on meditation, my body becomes numb. My legs feel like they are on fire, so I have to stop. Can you help me with this? And so let me uh, let me just analyze that for a minute. But I'm going to let Wes come in and give us some of that some of that knowledge. What's going on, Wes? Seven, how are you, my friend? Oh, man, I'm doing excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thanks for having us uh, back on the show. It's great to be here. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's always great to have you on. I mean, I know you've been sharing a lot of information with the people that are up there, but also just living that real-life experience of what's really going on in our full documentation of what's taking place in 2012. I mean, uh, you got something for us today. I mean, what, what would you love to share with us? Um, well, you know, I, I think that uh, when we look at, you know, our, our, our family in the last uh, few weeks especially, um, you know, we're, we just feel a tremendous push to get ourselves ready, our, our physical bodies ready for, for this whole shift. And um, I know that, uh, you know, about two or three weeks ago we started on a raw food diet. Um, we're trying to make it as, as fruititarian as possible. Um, but but just really, you know, getting in touch with the raw foods is is important, and also you just being very aware of of the things that can potentially uh, cause problems, such as fluoride. Um, I know that we buy, uh, you know, for example, a specialized toothpaste uh, that's fluoride free um, because that calcifies your pineal gland. Uh, we we do a very high alkaline drinking water. Um, I don't know about you know some listeners if they if they have a high alkaline drinking water around. Uh, I know that we have one place in Kelowna that that, that services that, um, and and you know just keeping the pH level you know really alkaline within the body, uh, and it was really important. Um, so it's just um, it's just basically always kind of having that daily regimen. I know that things really started working more positive uh, in the sense that when we started creating a regimen for ourselves every morning, um, us personally, you know, we'll get up, you know, I say about seven, five to seven now, uh, and kind of have a meditative practice that we do for about, you know, I'd say 45 minutes. Um, then we get the kids ready. Uh, we have, um, we t- sorry, we, we kind of start things off. We kick it off with, with taking Gouda-Cola uh, just before the meditation. And then um, after the meditation's done, uh, you know, we'll have a, like a raw uh, fruit shake um, with with a few supplements. Um, specifically, you know, I'll take some magnesium. Um, I'll just take a, uh, you know, a really good multivitamin um, and then have, you know, that shake. Do like an exercise regimen. I mean, for anybody that doesn't really have one, um, it doesn't really have to be, you don't have to start off, uh, you know, doing an hour or anything like that. Just anything is good. As long as you start somewhere and, and you're able to build upon that, that's key. <laughs> you know, I, I was, we just had our little baby a little while ago, so I was out of shape for a little while and we're getting back into a, you know, a workout regimen and, you know, it, it almost felt like five minutes and I was gassed, you know, but it's, yeah. it's, ha- it's having a, it's just, it's creating a, a, a kind of a focal point. And then moving from there, and now, and now, you know, we're we're, you know, working out for about uh, half an hour to an hour just before I take the kids uh, to school, uh, specifically Kennedy. So, um, you know, I think that when you when you go onto uh, the website, there's a lot of things that you can look up on on terms of how to um, get the right supplements if you really wanted to take things 
uh, to the next level, um, like the Ethereum Gold and, and the Shilajit. Uh, sorry, I mean, I mean, okay, I, I thought you had pause for a minute there. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were going to oh, no. I was uh, also, uh, I, had did, I did get a little information on um, on that question that we had got just a minute ago about the, the knees or the legs actually feeling like they're catching on fire. Um, what I do want to recommend to those people is that you attempt to do the meditation standing up or in the master's pose or laying down because what happens is in the beginning of the meditation, and that's why there's half lotus and full lotus at the beginning of a, me- a meditator's quest is um, to understand how to sit properly to where the energy actually fo- flows and doesn't bottleneck in the legs. And some may try to go into full lotus, like, right away. And just because they can put their legs like that, then they use full lotus. The thing is, is that there is an adjustment that has to happen with the cossacks. And if that doesn't happen, then the energy bottlenecks into the uh, spine. So how you'll know this is happening and that there's not another kind of blockage is if you get into the master's pose and then the same thing happens with your legs or if you're laying down, and the same thing happens with your legs, then you know you have a blockage in the root chakra. In that case, then you would have to work through root chakra stuff. And we can even, we're definitely going to get into that. And that's why I encourage people to just ask the question because the root chakra stuff is like, how do I approach the reality with the male and female dynamic? Like, what do I need to be doing with that? Like, what do I need to be doing with my, my sexual uh, appetite, etc. These are the questions that the person should ask, and that will get an answer. But I'll leave it up to people to ask those questions so that they can get those answers, rather than you know just telling going into the whole thing. I would rather be specific. Also, uh, there's another question here, Wes. It looks like a really good question. The, they're they're asking actually a really good question for Crystal also. Is that a question of how do you meditate when you have a newborn baby, and are there any crystals that are good for newborns? And during the zero point time, what will happen to babies born during that time frame? So I could take that last question, but I would love to hear from uh, from Crystal about you know how do you meditate with a newborn baby? I don't have one over here. Like how does that work? Hey, back on there. I just got the headphones past me. So the question was how to meditate with a newborn baby. Yeah, that well, just directly. Like how do you meditate with a newborn baby? And are there any crystals that are good for newborns? Um, you know, actually, I, I haven't really looked into the, the crystals that are good. I mean, I use personally just a lot of uh, selenite and different kinds of quartz in my practice. Um, it really depends kind of what I just gravitate to. I have a lot of crystals in my arsenal, so I just kind of walk up to what I've got, and whatever I feel like using, I'll, I'll, I'll put in my hand. Sometimes it's, you know, five stones, sometimes one or two. It really just depends. But like Wes was saying, you know, we have a very set, regiment now you were up at a certain time you know we have our water and our boot to cola we have our meditations and then the kids get up we get them ready for school and then we have like a power shake and take the rest of our supplements and then do some exercise and then we're kind of set for the rest of the day and just go from there so we found since we've been consistent with that i mean if we can do it you can do it you know we have an eight-year-old and eight-month-old so you know they both definitely require different needs but it's working so you know the universe is in tune to make it happen right now so if you're if you're uh you know committed to doing that then it'll just work out for you right so i would definitely say then if 
if you're committed to it, then then maybe the baby will sleep in a little bit longer. You think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you I, can definitely. Go ahead. I would I would also recommend um, in the sitting down version of the meditation. And by the way, we're going to get some awesome meditation videos up here soon. Like I I have um the really the ability to do it now, especially since we spaced out the show a little bit. And as far as adding another week before I have to get in and do a live show, that we're going to put more into getting that visual experience together for you, so you can see what's going on. But I would recommend especially for the baby, that you do a meditation where you're, you ha- you're centered and you're laying down and then you start to feel that energy and then you actually get the baby and lay the baby on you then and when your frequency is definitely a, a lot higher than what it would normally be, especially if you're somewhat agitated during the day. So that's what I would do because it would ultimately, from just me thinking about it, it would ultimately make the baby have a reference point for meditation. So that way, when you go into meditation, the baby actually goes into a more quiet state anyway. So I would definitely try that because that's just how, you know, our communication system works. Uh, we did have another question here about the numbness of the, the lower body parts and actually uh, better circulation. And better circulation right now really stems into the lymphatic system. And even I have to, to because I'm here in Costa Rica, to get with some people to more facilitate that so I can understand exactly how it works. But individuals such as uh, Luis Hull and uh, many of the other individuals that I'm aware of have worked with lymphatic stimulation but the the one where I think there's a there's just different levels of it. Some people can do it with like bioresonance machines, but I recommend that there's a more deeper level to do it on with a with a tool or something that vibrates. And I'm just not really familiar with what exact device they use, but it's more direct than a bioresonance pad. And you get the lymphatic system stimulated, and that allows that numbness to not occur. And of course, yoga because. Basically, what we're, what we do at times, we approach this whole spiritual awakening as, okay, I just need to open my third eye. But remember, there is, if, if it doesn't open until everything is completely aligned. Now, the planets are going to align anyway. So that equals in your life that you start doing things that align you. Because you're in physical life, so you have to act out what is going on on a higher level. That's really the what they call the ritual, for better lack of words. You're acting out what happens on a higher level in the physical plane. What the ritual should be for you should be basically like the regimen. You get up, you take your supplements, you know what's important. You start separating what you need to have versus what you don't need to have. You get light. In this tense, you don't have a bunch of things around you that you don't use you don't go and grab, you know, a hundred, two hundred dollar pair of shoes that you could have bought army substances or monatomic substances. You see, so this is the time where it's like, give yourself this opportunity for this year. Like, I want to encourage you more than anything to not play around with this year. I've seen a lot. I've been into different spiritual planes. I've contacted different beings through, I guess, uh, the process of going through spirituality or religions. I went right to the God. So I can tell you there's still a large part of what is going on in this reality that's very real. And 2012 is not the time to play around. It's the time to be serious. It's the time to give yourself the opportunity to make the transformation. But if you play with it, 
I don't believe 2013 for people who play around with 2012 will be pleasant unless enough people get together in 2012 to completely morph the world where the people who would still be the late bloomers anyway just come in by proxy or what they call the 100 monkey syndrome. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, look into the call box also and tell all the callers that have called in on the line, if you do have a question, you can actually press 1 and we can get to your call. We have about 30, 30 minutes left in the show, so here we go with another question. It says, I would like to get a pet, perhaps a dog. What are your views on keeping pets? Uh, anyone on that side want to take that? I don't know. If, do you have any? Uh, do you have any pets over there, or what do you feel about uh, pets? Oh, uh, yeah, we have a cat actually, and um, yeah, I would say that you know having a cat now that we have a new baby and all, you know, the cat's kind of uh, second fiddle, as it were. But you know, we just had the cat and our other daughter Kennedy. Um, we found it to be useful. I mean, there'd be times we'd be sitting and meditating or just kind of sitting quietly, and the cat would perk up and kind of look in another direction, and you'd wonder if the cat was seeing things. And, of course, we all know that, you know, the S-Turk lore behind cats, they can definitely see into other dimensions. You know, they can see what we can't see a lot of the time. So I think having pets is, is definitely useful. Um, I've never owned a dog. I've been mostly a cat person my whole life, and we have a fish, and that's that's about it on this side. I would definitely uh, say because a lot of people have grown really close to their uh, to their animals, and you know I don't want to lead anyone to doing fringe on their animals, but there is definitely a very close relationship with people and animals, and animals do carry levels of energy themselves. I would um, I guess the only the only part about this that we can really talk is more the negative side of what happens when you either are keeping animals that really want to be free, or you're actually um, you have animals that are already trained to do negative things, such as guard dogs and killer dogs that carry that personality. And um, I have I have this notion. I actually have a post, and I I would need to look through some things to find it. But I was on this guard dog thing because I've also been a, a, a somewhat of a cat person all my life. Also, my mother kept cats, and she actually didn't like dogs very much. So I haven't really had an opportunity to spend time with the dog, but I don't have any hatred towards dogs. However, I was looking into the whole connection between Canis Major and the Dog Star and the Guard Dogs and Anubis and the gar- the, car- the carnivores or the, the carnivore part of the, the whole planet, the wolf planet, etc. And just to see what that connection really is about. And what I was able to discover is, is that with dogs in particular, dogs are guardians. And I was going to do a whole video on this with human dogs. Such And when they portray basically human dogs, they're humans that are trained like dogs in movies. And they even speak to them as if they're dogs. But how trained and how precise and even how vicious they can be. And the, the important point is, is that to understand a dog's psyche is to understand that it could be trained to dislike anything beside the master. So the dog has may, in certain tense, not have the ability to even know that what it's attacking is positive or negative or et cetera. So in understanding that, I was thinking about this three days of darkness that this, these people are proclaiming that it's supposed to take place. 
And as I said before, if you have that light on already inside of your 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 inside of the top of your your head, darkness is not a problem either. In fact, that's why when you see in the Matrix they wear sunglasses all the time because when you have a pineal gland, you have to actually shield your eyes because even the light of day is over bright. So, because you can then in the darkness, you can often see everything that's there. In the day, the darkness does not bother anyone that has that has a pineal gland. So, for those who may not have an actual pineal gland, what I believe may may happen, or may or may be able to be connected with these guard dogs, is that these spirits may may start moving, may start these dark spirits may start going across the plane during all time. And because we don't have any light, they may they may start startle or or even attacked by these entity entity. And I know I know that that again may very far off here as a lot of body as a personal person with the heritage, especially that 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 something of that nature that takes place and that and why the wire is very important for us to cover in our life and light because the all the all darker under into body or whatever they are they are. Can't even come around, around. They just, they just can't go, can't go feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. So, so that's what I thought about the medium and most spells of the whole world. You have these things that live there, but the only way they have access to you is if you go on to that lower frequency because you've changed into the low frequency. frequency. So when you're on this high frequency of the crowd chakra, then all of that stuff starts touching and people. I really also want you to understand that, that this uh this currency that we're talking about, because the pineal gland also gives you currency, you can utilize the high frequency to separate you from the misfortunes of what's taking place with the reality problem with current and mismanagement of energy. Because the currency, as they're saying in the external world, is failing, but that's only for certain people, but a large group because the masses are following each other into failure and, and into dissolution, etc. So there's individuals that are not going in that direction, though, and their currents are building higher and higher. So understand, when you utilize things such as the, the crown chakra patterns, you, by default, put things on a higher frequency, and so thus the lower energies don't have access to it. And so that's one thing that's very important for us to, to continuously know is that whatever all this doomsday and things that they're painting, if you're not in that frequency, which you have the choice to actually change, it can't happen to you anyway. It's a law of the universe. So always keep that in mind. Um, so I, I know we had a little uh, problem here with... Uh, <laughs> the dog blocking the message. I guess we, we got a little distortion on the, the dog conversation, but I'm going to also now give an opportunity for those that have called in once again to, if you have a question, you can press one on your telephone and that will put you live on air on the 2012 show and we can answer those questions. So in conclusion, I also want to say just to kind of cap the animal thing, there's other animals besides dogs and cats. There's also birds. And I just find that keeping birds in cages is probably not a good practice at all, but there are many birds that are, are, are um, like the doves, that don't mind being in very small areas. And the sound behind those birds actually are like similar to the sounds that come from cats, which is that pronic sound. And those sounds are always known to be conductors for 
conductors for um, communication. And if we remember that book that I just recently posted about how the mantra, when it's said by an individual that could be thousands of light years away, because the wave of that mantra has actually went out into the reality, a person says it and can connect with it. So that's how these certain frequencies of sounds that animals make become like channels of communication for us. Um, the view, uh, Aman had asked a question about his, my views on body piercing. Um, what I would definitely say from what's discovered in the esoteric information is that any time that you puncture your body, you actually make a, a wedge or puncture in your aura. And so this has positive and negative connotations to it. If a person does this in a negative way and punctures themselves and puts something that basically has no meaning and or maybe some negative meaning, then, you know, there's one level of that. I mean, you understand what you're doing. You're you're cutting into your aura and inserting something. So on the positive level, if or the actual the, the level of where it's applied on a spiritual level, I'll put it like that. On the level that it's applied on the spiritual level, such as the Sakyat Sakyat traditions, and I'll type that in uh I'll type that in the chat box here, but such as the Sakyat traditions where the Tattoo is utilized as a level to increase the spiritual power. So you can see that just in understanding those two alone, then you understand that when you puncture or tattoo or pierce your body, you are opening up a point in your, in your aura. Some people have done that directly on top of chakras and place symbols, images, or something of that there, and then it, of course, goes into that chakra center. This can again be looked at as a positive and a negative thing, but even now at this point, you can compress them all into one and say, it's what made me who I am, and now I go for it. So that's the easiest way to look at it, because a lot of people have certain things tattooed on them, like, well, does this mean that I'm, I'm doomed? No, it just means that that's what it took for you to, to get involved in and to, to be around to get you to this point. Um, all right, so that looks like we've wrapped up um, all of the questions here in the chat box. And I'm going to go ahead and check the switchboard really quick. We actually have about 25 more minutes left in the call. I'm surprised. It kind of seems like we're talking about a lot, but the time is moving a little slow. They must want us to get into some more of that deeper esoteric knowledge. Um, what I what I will do though, however, is I will take a, a short break, and when we come back, I will talk about some of the things that I've recently discovered deeper with the third eye. We'll get right into what it can be used for and what its uses have been in the past, and so we'll just finish off that comp this first part of the conversation because the next show, I'm now that I have the proper toolbars and things, we will go right into the videos of the techniques that I just recently learned about the breathing and how you can basically expand the area within your head using certain breathing techniques that are known by through ancient traditions. And so we're going to come back in just a moment. If you do have any questions, feel free to call in. That number is area code 347-996-5688. 
And also, if you have any questions and you're just in the chat box, you can type those questions in and we can get to you. And uh, actually, I just scrolled my screen up, so I just noticed that there was some other individuals that had already had their hands up to ask those questions. So we're definitely going to answer those questions when we come back. As I said, you can call in area code 347-996-5688. And I encourage that you, you know, you really get into it. There's nothing that we can't answer here about what's going on with the reality. There's a lot of deep information that I'm holding that I, no one's ever really asked me directly about it. So I haven't been able to get into that area of my mind to give that information to you. So I welcome people to ask about occult knowledge, esoteric knowledge, activation, supplements, spiritual occurrences, dreams. I welcome you to ask about these things so you get clarity. Because remember, I'm available here for you, but it, nothing of this nature lasts forever. We all end up graduating to another level. And so this is about that graduation for you because that graduation cannot be stopped for me. So we'll be back in just a moment. Okay, I'm not sure if that's just on my end, but it sounds like that music is a little warped or something. It must be uh, another one of Blog Talk Radio's uh, situations. So, okay, so we're back, or forward as I always say, and we're going to go ahead and get to the last part of the show and um, and see if we can get some of these questions answered. We did have a caller, but it looks like the caller may have disconnected. So, like I said, if you want to call and ask a question, that's area code 347 996 Five six eight eight, and um, so we're just going to go ahead and get right into talking about the pineal gland, what it's used for, and what I know about it about it throughout time. That basically we have the ability to project ourselves into an astral plane, and that. Hold on, real quick. Let me make sure that my sound is okay here, because <laughs> I'm gonna really, really open this up for people so that they understand exactly how this works. Okay, looks like my sound is checking. Okay, so this is why the acacia and the akashic are actually the same thing, is because in the akashic records, there's everything that can happen, everything that did happen, can happen, and will happen. So basically it covers all spectrums of time on circular systems such as the ones that we live in now that basically grow like the rings that you see on a tree. That every time that it expands more and more, there's there's more experiences, but again, everything comes from one thing. So what happens with the, with, uh, the acacia and the acacia through history is that many of the individuals that proclaimed illumination had actually become enlightened by the acacia use or even as they say Moses on the mountain with the burning bush that that burning bush was an acacia tree that basically that the substance itself contains the level of a high level of what we have within our mind and the reason why in, in within our pineal, pineal gland and pituitary gland the actual spirit essence or spirit molecule the reason why this is set up like this is because if you notice in ancient mythology, any time they mention the snakes they are serpents, they always mention trees. That somehow throughout all the mythology that serpents are always around trees and that there are branches or certain trees that correspond to certain serpent tribes. 
And this is because the planet Venus, which has an atmosphere of pure carbon dioxide, is actually the home for much of the plant life that we have on our planet, such as the apple tree, the papaya tree, and many of the different trees that you see that contain the pentagram form. So what ends up happening is, is that the geometry of our world let us know exactly where things came from, and so we know that there was a there was a strong connection between the planet Venus, our Earth, and a seeding process that took place. And so now what we're living in is we're living in a time where this tree, such as the palm tree, if you notice the palm tree grows in the desert. That means it's an extremely resilient tree, was given the 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 title of being the immortal tree, basically the tree of that symbol of immortality. So when you ask, well, how, could that e- how does that even match up? I'm just going to show you how deep this really goes. How, how does that really even match up if the palm tree is the tree of immortality? Because what comes from the palm tree is the coconut. And the coconut oil is one of the only oils that when you heat it up, no matter how high you heat it up, it never changes its principles. All other oils, they change their principle. The actual uh, coconut water can be used intravenously. If a soldier is on the battlefield and he loses a large amount of blood and there's no blood for him, but there's coconuts, you could give him the coconut intravenous and keep him alive. So this is how immortality and the connection with nature was always together. Now, remember, the serpent became known as the key, the system of immortality because the Nagas, which were the melon-dominated uh, Dravidian kings, that spoke the first language, Tamil, who, who came from the, the horn, or they call the Horn of Africa, the seat of civilization, which is now the place they're calling Ethiopia, Ethiopia or Ethiopia, which is the eight. That's why you see Hala Selassie and the Queen and all these different individuals wearing the eight-pointed star because that's the number for Venus, the number for regeneration. And it means you understand that and you, thus you've gained this level. So what happens is, is that these people began to migrate, and they first migrated into the area we call Cambodia, and they built those temples that are in Angkor Wat, pointed towards Orion. And then they continued to go forward, and they went into India, and all the great stories, or what, were, what was then Persia, they were the, the ones they called themselves the R, and they were the ones who created the fire, what they call fire worship, which was fire was the as-below resonator for the light above, which did not even burn and did not even consume. So this ancient knowledge was what was being kept within these kings until they came under attack by another constellation or basically another brother that was a dragon, a white dragon, as it was called. And so this is actually the change of the world because the melanin dominant, because this is still a dual cycle, so the black part of the yin and yang was ruling at one point until the white part of the yin and yang's time to rule and then they expect now for it to actually flop around again and then for the black people to start ruling again, but they don't understand that no one's going to start ruling. There will be no more rulers because we're done with that geometry. But anyway, I'll continue. So what happens is is that as time progresses, that the knowledge becomes to, begins to be suppressed because one thing about the Naga kings were they made every they, – they were really into – spreading what their culture was to everything. But that culture was so potent, oftentimes when spreading it onto what became known as the children of the gods, that it just caused all sorts of anomalies. 
would just say that certain children with certain levels of knowledge, it was way too much for, and then it caused the results of that. So we're living in a world now that is a byproduct of that, where actual, for better lack of words, police, which you understand that word and what that word really means, a police entered the system and said, okay, stop, it's getting too crazy. We got sacrifice, we got people dying, we got master magicians, we got women being born, we have troglodytes, we have all types of stuff going on. There has to come, we have to make balance from this system, this mass. So this means an actual entity enters in with a cleaver, because it came with the, the shape of a scythe or a seven or a scythean, and said, let's carve this and cut it back. Because there was a knowledge that if nature just overruns itself, it'll actually just devour even itself. It is the Ouroboros. If you let a vine grow, a vine will grow over everything, and then just to choke out everything, and then there's nothing but the vine. So that's why they needed this other component that comes in and kind of basically what they call tends the garden. So that's why in the beginning they say Adam, which remember, that means man and woman, the androgynin, was given the duty to till the garden. And then there was one tree in the middle of the garden, right? So I'll tell you today that that tree was actually the Cassia tree because the Cassia tree corresponds to the queen Cassia, Cassia which is um, the constellation Cassiopeia, which is the queen of Ethiopia, and then her husband Cephas. So that was the tree, because remember, they're Naga kings, so that means that they're serpents. And the, the serpent was around the tree because the tree and the serpent were, like, together. And that's how it's always been in our world. So what happened was is that there was a command from these police, basically, and it said, never touch that tree. Basically, never mingle with those people and learn their knowledge. But if you notice, in the middle of the Bible, Solomon pops up, which means the sun and moon of our particular, our, our immediate universe, decides to go to None other than the Queen of Sheba, meaning the Queen of Seven, and her name is, uh, Sheba means Seven. Her name is Belkis, meaning the, the Lord of Kiss, or the Goddess of Kiss. If you ever want to know where the Kiss word Kiss comes from, it's K-I, which means energy, S-S, serpent energy. So, they go into the land, and they take the knowledge. And they learn, they learn the knowledge, and then they take the knowledge, or the ark, or the basically the information, the M-E, and then they take it to their land and they try to apply it, but them as God. So this is the world that we're living in where now this Cassia tree gets on the hush-hush. And the only symbol now is a triangle and an eye in it, meaning that at the top of your head, which is called the capstone to the pyramid, because they look at the whole body of the pyramid, that if that eye opens up there, then you're illuminated. You have the ability to know all of what I'm telling you right now is really going on. And so at that point, then your your frequency changes because you're awake. See, people are confusing now because sometimes there's like a lot of pride in this. They're confusing their state now for this graduated state, and they're forfeiting themselves. They say you should make a sober estimate of yourself every day to not imagine that you're more than who you are. Why? Because this gives you the opportunity to become more. If you understand what you are, then you can understand what you're to become. That's how things grow. So what ends up happening for us is that we get the opportunity to see again that there's nothing that we were ever separate from. Mankind and woman struggles here on this planet for what others have done is infinite. 
It's an infinite ripple effect, as they call it in the adjustment bureau. You've got ripple effects going everywhere. I mean, you have ways from that other people giving off hitting other people. I figured out just the other day that the grid thing that I've been seeing every morning, because I just have an active third eye, is the Internet. It's the Wi-Fi. It's these 4G, 3Gs. It's a grid that sits right on top of, it's just it's spraying itself through the air. And so now that we know that, we can learn to even navigate this thing, to try to admit that, say we cut it off, so you can get away from it. I now believe you can block it. I have a device that just shuts it. It, it basically blocks the fields. And just so that you can have a bubble that you can sleep in that doesn't have this static going across it. Because when it does, you can't remember the dream. I realize that the bulk of why a person can't remember the dream doesn't even have to do it with what they ate before they went to bed and things of that nature. But more to, but because if the Wi-Fi is on, you have to keep a dream journal to keep another reference point. It's like your only anchor point, meaning that if you live in a city and there's Wi-Fi everywhere, you've got to keep a dream journal to remember. That's like the practice that you need. It's not really anything going on with your body per se. So let's continue just for a minute. We've got about nine more minutes left in the call. I continue. So the Dragon King is coming to play. Melanin recessive, Korean, Chinese, of this nature, Mongolian. Now, everyone has a story already, so it's not like Seven's inventing things. I don't need to invent anything in this reality for it to be crazy. The reality is, is that those same Mongolians that they keep talking about that came in the Huns kept moving and began to keep their bloodlines mixed in with other bloodlines, and then basically that this is the system that we're living on. And again, the only thing that you need is you need your third eye because that's your you need your own son and so what they've been trying to do is they've been trying to give you their son like the son like the the, the what basically in a nutshell the redundant realities that keep us crippled they're trying to give us a son so that we don't use our own and this is why i was saying about this difference between giving and receiving when you get set to receive only mode you're screwed because this means that someone receives this. What does that word mean? Seize. It means to, to dice and to cut and to, you know, scatter about. So you get that keeps happening to you if you don't understand to use the other one in components. So basically when they provide their energy, their current, their sun, and they get us not to want to work for ours anymore and do real things to create real currency, then you come, you're a receiver. Like we were talking about the, the U, the V. These are the U and V based agendas. To make you just a receiver, so you gotta take their shit, basically. And you don't have to. That's what I'm here to tell you. I'm giving you all the keys to leave this now. And I remember one guy made a, uh, made a remark. He said, you know, humanity at times can be like, um, Abused animals turned over, a, a truck of abused animals turned over on the side of the road and because the truck driver has crashed. And then you go in there and you're trying to help them and then they, one, it bites you because it doesn't even know that you're not the ones that were trying to enslave them. That, or hurt them. That's what I deal with even in my life every single day is people imagining that I'm the one that is here to hurt them. I've been through every single situation this earth has to deal out and just about. And I'm here to just show everyone that 
we can we can get into the firmware of our own minds and we can change things. But there are certain principles to this universe that if they're not followed, one has nowhere to go. You cannot go with guilt. You cannot go in duality. There's no place for you to go. And so this becomes even the biggest lesson for me. But I was willing to accept it because I was able to prove it. That's the difference between me and other people that just accept things. Meaning that now I know the, not, the dualistic state is short circuits. The moment that I became non-dualistic, I was granted interest into things that I could even come back and explain to people how to even get there. It's different than the, oh, well, you gotta wait for me to come back and then I'll tell you. You, the great secret is not available for you. Wait for it. It's this different. This is where you can go and get it yourself and even if you just hear the conversation today, you have it. You don't need to listen to me anymore and there's no strings attached. I cut all cords every night. Every night before I go to sleep, I visualize everything that comes into my mind and I cut it. Just so that I can have me when I sleep. Not every other signal and chatter and lines of that. If you want to know an organic way to block out that energy from other things that make you forget, you could cut cords. And it works. And our connection here with Earth is, is just so amazing that we just we understand even our cutting is pruning. <laughs> it's like when we decide to go and repair ourselves and then come back to them, you can make them grow then. Listen to what I say. If you go and take care of yourself sometimes for a moment and repair yourself with the things that I'm talking about, you... You have to be brave anyway because you can see if you don't have to be an author to see when the beginning and the end of the book is near. The way the reality is painted is painted unless someone changes it like they're going to run it right into the ground. So you need to go and get the power. So if you don't, that should be your fear. If you don't, if you do, then you have no fear. So this is the type of things you have to keep reinforcing into your mind to make it stay awake. Like, if, like you talk about the Freddy Krueger movie, it'd be like, don't go to sleep. It's one of those things for real now, where you can't go to sleep in your consciousness and decide to take a break off this in 2012. Don't do it. Because I can tell you from everything that I studied up until this point, this is it. Like, it all lines up. And not only that, I've actually experienced that lineup and the feeling behind it. And then I'm just here to give you the information of how you can experience that too through all of the methods that the society relies on right now as their authentic, their authentication. Like if they need the scientific, they need the mathematic, they need the, numerolo the numerological equivalents, etc. We have them here. So what's the holdup? And this is the other thing about what you understand about the reality. This is where it flips in back into your court. Because if you have all of this information, what time could we really be living in truly? Meaning that this information, I know 100%, was coveted. Like they destroyed individuals that even thought about bringing it out. Now it's already out. But what they're, again, gambling is that maybe that people won't believe. Personally, I think that they can't do anything about it anyway. There's something about the universe that's saying those, they're going to wake up now. So that last picture that you see, 
is a picture that I used to only have a piece of, and then I was always searching for the rest of the pieces. It's in the three pictures, but there's one that looks like it's a, a, a bird over it, like a bird over the map. And what they're saying about this picture is that the children would begin to migrate, meaning that we would start going to different places just every now and then in your life when you go to San Diego or you just you decide you're going to go take off to Texas or you're going to go down to Miami. And all the different places that you go, you never realize that you are actually going through frequency changes and those frequencies are being added to you. So that we form this, basically it's like a, a larger being, that actually, because where do you think the ascension really comes from? It comes from, like, we're the ship. So basically, and again, I'm going to be laughing at most people because they thought that this was, was a little far out, but what it's explaining is that the human spirit, when it uplifts, becomes a ship within itself, and the individuals that have gone through these territories are the ones that have actually contained certain components of that ship. And so, like I said, People would think that this is like, uh, some people would think, well, man, I, I don't know about that. But I'll tell you the truth. Some of the most intelligent beings that ever walked this planet have now delivered information that you're getting right now. And if for some reason you don't just do yourself a favor and go check and see about that information, then you're doing yourself an extreme injustice. I welcome you to it. I want to welcome and thank everyone for uh, calling into the 2012 show. We do have one caller. I think we may stay over for just about 10 minutes, and plus I want to let uh, Wes and Crystal say uh, say their goodbyes and hellos, as we always like to keep it cycle. But we're going to have to wait here for about 60 seconds because there's an actual verbal countdown going on, and you can't really conduct anything with the verbal countdown. So, also, next show, we'll be getting more into how to utilize some of the stuff that we're going to be installing into the resistance. Of course, we're going through a complete overhaul of the, the form itself. The Neo-Universalism site has already been purchased. We're going to basically make that a curriculum-based platform where you just go in and you go in from step by step by step by step from uh, from all the stages uh, that is necessary to come out of duality and to go into ascension. Just make it that simple, and then it's up to you then to decide whether it's for you or or not. And I can just recommend that you give it some opportunity for yourself right now. All right, so we got about ten more seconds, and we're going to go ahead and take this call from the caller. You're calling from a four six nine area code, and it's still counting down. Okay, it's done counting down. Caller, you are on the air with the 2012 show. Uh, greetings. How are you? I love this show. Uh, my name is uh, Stacy, and I'm calling from Texas. And, um, yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. And my question, it's not more so much as a question. It's just I believe that I know now that this is something that I needed to hear. Uh, last month, um, I had this uh, come into my uh, spirit realm is that I was losing my mind. And I didn't know what that was until like a week later. And it's not how we have been taught what it is to lose a mind, but if you lose your mind, you're going to be crazy and got other than that. Well, I beg to differ that, that I am and have pretty much lost my mind because I realized that that mind was not mine. And it allowed me to tap into 
the true mind of myself. It, it is very strange, and I'm very open up to it. Um, and it, it's more to it than that, but it's just a show. I came at the last minute of it, and I will go back and listen to it again and follow your show, but this is just so on point. Well, it's, it's just... It's just awesome that you mentioned that because we did talk about that just briefly a little bit in the Gnostic uh, publications that we put forth where they talk about how the archon or, or the, the, the anti part of the mind sets itself up and begins to literally have the conversation all the time. But then there's another level of that in which I yeah. experience where the other side of the mind, which I call like when you connect with the other side of your mind, it yeah, actually okay. starts to communicate back and forth where one wow. has a mind, kind of like a mind of its own. And then this becomes very foreign for a minute until you realize, wait a minute, that's me. So for right. some people, they can stay into that like two, three years and even a lifetime of imagining that that other being that they're speaking with is is not even them. But then exactly. when they start... Exactly. And then, uh, but it becomes very interesting to have that connection though anyway because it only really occurs when a person goes into a higher frequency. It seems to wake up the other side of the self, but the first conversation is a little weird. <laughs> it is, it is. And like I said, when I was at the age, I was in my early 20s, um, I used to have migraine headaches so bad where I would have to be regurgitating. And, um, that was letting me know then, looking back on it, is that that my brain was nothing more than me breaking through a barrier. And the mm-hmm. other mind didn't want me to break through a barrier, so it caused pain on me. But when mm-hmm. I was going shower and under the water, it's like the water was talking to me and telling me that this pain was not mine. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, to me it wasn't mine. I'm feeling it. But it was only the feeling that was feeling not my true self. Mm. And it's just, yeah, and it's like I look back on and I realize because while I was in meditation, I would hear my mom say that somebody that lost their mind or that person is going crazy. Well, you know what? That's what I want to do because I realize that uh, something is breaking away. It's like I realize that this mind that I have, it, it's not my mind. That's not me. It doesn't matter, even from eating things, from the way I think, uh, even as far as being happy, that mind over there is not mine. And I was very much aware of it because just because you think you're happy, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's you that's being happy. Right. I, I guess uh, the easiest way to kind of explain, explain it, because, of course, there's listeners, so they're like, okay, they may be getting a little bit lost, but the easiest way to explain it is, is that one of the procedures, and we were just talking about this again a few days ago, but one of the procedures of beginning to really deal with yourself is to actually separate that character and to begin yeah. to speak to it and to begin right. to explain to it why it's not going to be doing what it used to do anymore because it's like, we're, it, it's because um, it's, it's, there's still certain stages that everyone is at, but it's basically being able to identify what exactly is the situation and then being able to communicate with it instead of just kind of leaving it there. Right. And then and then work with work with neutralizing it to the point where in fact it doesn't exist because it is the negative side of us. And the negative side of us really there's no such thing because there's only the positive current and then there is the, the negative as the result of what the positive okay. current is producing. And okay. I was actually right. it's funny also that you bring that forward because I was I was just thinking about um we were, I was talking to another individual on the resistance named James Lyon. 
and we got into a conversation about how even negative energy, if you can see it, is basically light disguised as negative energy because if there's only really one component, then to even I, to identify that there would be another is to basically just to separate the illusion. It, actually, to, it would be to create the illusion. Right, and, right. Um, See that, and, yeah. And then so, and, but we're perfect. But that's also what makes Earth actually such an advanced planet is because it allows us to do this. That's what I had wrote in the post on that is in regards to the show is that it actually allows us to bring out the physical result of what we're doing. And this happens on many levels. It can happen within the mind and discussing things with the mind. It can happen in the reality where you see the, you you see that you reap what you sow. It does it on several levels. It allows you to bring out in mass or in matter the physical representation, even if it's just words or sound, the physical reputation, representation of what you're doing on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then being able to, when you begin to either, some will call it separation, but I really believe it's more coming together. It's more of like you actually absorbing everything. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, and this comes with a, a great deal of acceptance that I was doing that because I I had to know what the other one was. Like we were talking about, again, on the, the writing within this post is that if you look at a sunset every day, for 20 or 30 years, a Ferrari in an apartment will become more appealing to you than that sunset. So yeah. there, is a, there is a way where we only can see the beauty in things if we see its opposite. And this is what happens on a dual world. This is just how this world is wired together. That's why it's called a zero and a one or a pole and a, and a curve. And um, right. And then with that, we get a chance to, to experience this and then see exactly why it's not a good idea to be so outside of the circle, for better lack of words, even though that in itself is, is, a, is a misconception because that's not how it really is. We're still inside of the universe. So no matter how separate we feel to something and how uh, disconnected we feel to it, you can't disconnect from it like this. You can't disconnect right. from something from being inside of it, basically. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work exactly. like that. <laughs> that makes yeah. And you know what? It's so funny because I had to understand. See, it's almost like you have to first go way over to the left and to go way over to the right, which is duality, the, the life we live, in order to bring it all together to where you have that oneness. And then you realize there is no duality in the spiritual realm. There is only one. For sure. And then you know what? And this planet is set up to actually teach us that no longer, no matter how long it takes, because that is the whole real goal to the whole thing. It's almost right. like, you're right, you have to go to those two different extremes. But we've always seen that the extremes, really, when you pull back off of it, become exactly the same thing. So whether you're talking about right. this human that is killing everyone or this ultra-spiritual individual who's killing everyone. It's still the same activity going on. So, and that middle point is, like, I guess we call it just not making that choice. It's like instead of looking at it like you've got to make either the choice to be either this this light angel killer or this dark demon killer, you should just be learning the lesson. And, and I, they, they, they even speak of this, and not, not to uh, not to cut you off, but just to finish up, they even speak of this in some of the mythology about the individuals 
who just watch and learn from mm-hmm. the situation. You know? Yes, I understand that perfectly. This is such an awesome show. Well, I got a couple. I got a couple more uh, people here on the line, also from your same area code. I'm going to go ahead and open up the line again, since if that's all that you did have to say, uh, we're running over just a little bit. So I want to make sure I get these people's call in, and I do definitely thank you for 20, tuning into the 2012 show. And we have a lot more to deliver to you, especially in two weeks. We're going to come out with a really action-packed video show, so that'll be something very nice to, to tune into. Yeah, please, thanks. Okay, thank you. So, caller also, the next caller is calling from a 469 area code, uh, 328-6392. Caller, you're on the air with the 2012 show. Hello, Evan? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. This is Tim Cummins, the hockey human. Hey. <laughs> hey, I have two questions for you. One, uh, I have a sister who all her life been you know, it's been the Christian religion and all this, but about a year ago, I just noticed that she didn't have this sparkle in her eye anymore, and her behavior also changed and got really just bizarre, and I have read some stuff about something people call walk-ins, or that I'm seriously, this is like not the same human being that I was dealing with, you know, the 50 years before. (laughs) And I was curious if you could tell me what um, what could that be, and um, and I have one more quick question after that. Okay. Uh, well, let's just get right into that. I think that personally, right now, what we'll be dealing with on the spiritual world, as far as with religion, is that many people have been involved in these religions, but they don't understand what these religions really are about in the background or on the spiritual level. And, of course, everything is about timing also to those religious factions as far as the entities that are behind those religious factions. They also play with timing also. And so it's very easy for them to show 20 or 30 years worth of, hey, everything is great. You can come here to feel great. But then 30 years later, when a person realizes that I could have actually been on a real spiritual path of advancing myself to really tune into all there is here, then you can see where the two are in contrast. One will lead a person nowhere, so what kind of energies are involved in that? And then if those energies, because the individual continues to call upon that, choose to manifest for that individual, what kind of energies could they really be? And that, of course, is what we talk about in the Code of the Matrix is the terminology being used behind the, the, the terminology being used behind the positions in the church. Those churches being covered on ley lines. The entities themselves being used in other religions such as Santeria and such as Voodoo, where the same religions cross over because it was basically like a cultural melting pot within the pagan and Megan tradition. And to understand the word pagan and Megan, Gan means family, as in Ganesha. Ganesha means the family of Esha. So what you have with the Megans and Pagans is either the families of Ma and, or the families of Pa. And these were the two extremes. And we talk about the trajectory. When you're leaving Earth, you first hit the moon. These lunar cults, or Islam and Christianity, used to be a lunar cult and then switched it through, through Eve and through the Gnosticism, and then switched itself to a serpent, uh, a, a, still serpent cult, but still switched itself to a sun cult, and then switched itself to a, a newer sun cult. So that's the, the evolution of those particular religions. 
And so what we have here is we have now where we have these individuals who don't understand Skim Haferesh. They don't understand Amen and the confirmation of bringing in a deity such as uh, uh, Jesus into their realm and all of the other entities that are affiliated with that. Because, again, these would be still warlike beings. So the person becomes very dualistic. If you notice, the setup is is to make the end point dualistic. If the whole goal is to get out of dualism, but someone feels that they must fight for something with that negative energy, then we know that they have now gone into a mental conflict because what are they really changing really? They may do a lot of uh, emails and they may do a lot of um, uh, uh, chanting and, and praying and things of that nature, but overall, we've actually witnessed within our world the worst set of spirituality that we've actually had from the level of how much it metamorphosizes the reality. Our world has faced a constant level of destruction for the last two to 3,000 years. It, the plastic and all these different things are now components of that. So any real spirituality would preserve the area in which it was nourishing you, just as you would take care of your own mother. But when you're dealing now in a new version of the sun cult, which does not even it doesn't even acknowledge the mother anymore, then it leaves a person in an extremely unbalanced state. It's like seeing a man that has never had the attention of a woman. That's what you would be dealing with with a masculine culture. And then what ends up happening from that is even the women get sucked into it more because it's not the natural way for them to be. So what ends up happening is, is that this is what I believe causes a real cancer. Like if we want to track down where does cancer come from, because can means, I still think can means dog, but I'm working on this. But can in most everyone's book means serpent, and sir means serpent. So it basically means snake. So what is cancer really? It's when the cell will no longer regenerate. So any cure for cancer will have to make the cell regenerate again. Some people talk about MMS being able to do it, but there's still the question of how much is it spread and how dead is it really? Can it be infused with basic oxygen to bring it back to life? Or is it going to need something like the energy that is associated with Kundalini, which is more associated with, again, the Casilla? Is it going to need spirit molecules to re-heal the cell? And so this is also, on a spiritual level, what is going on with these people is that cellularity, their spiritual cell, is, has no power. So, because that's why they feel powerless to change anything. They're waiting on someone to change something, but they've accepted so it overall, with just in psychology alone, not even bringing into spiritual entities in any of this, it would naturally drag the person down over a period. It's amazing that the people have been able to remain resilient this long under such propaganda. So, but we see that it's coming unhinged now. And so that, that's what, and then what we really do have, I guess, finally for people in this, in this level is we have that compassion, the real one the compass design, which actually shows them that people are already leading into higher states of consciousness. And then those that are already doing it are carrying a frequency because they're leaving and coming back. They're carrying a frequency that basically rubs off on them. It's the same thing as what they said with their fake Christ, which is really the Antichrist. And if they really understood the picture of the individual that is professing to be Christ, is Apollonius of Tyana, the only one who had a record of doing anything such as what Jesus did during the time that Jesus was really walking. That's why they have no records of Jesus, because his name wasn't a Jesus then. It was Apollonius, because all the Greeks were worshiping Apollonius as their, stone, their sun god in Adonai, who means their sun god, Adonis. 
So because everything had become Grecized or whatever they give, Greekized or whatever they give the word for it, they did that to everything right around the time in which these were these uh, these um, these stories were coming forth. These books were being printed, and what we did witness with the Greek is Greeks is the complete. Hellenization and changing of names which had never been done before. But they made their own composites. Like they used, they took the old spiritual world and made it like a, 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 and cloned it basically and just changed the names. It was the first time something of that nature had been done. But that is also a change in current, a current or a pole shift. When that happens, it happens abruptly. And that's why many people are just going to wake up abruptly. It's like, one moment they're going to – it's a feeling associated with this awakening. And that's – you can't really talk about feeling. That's because it's feeling. But this this feeling that is associated with it, it just gives you every little small thing that even happens seems to have more impact. The same things were going on anyway, but it starts to really show you that this is a circle. And for some reason, it has more of an effect on you. Like, man, I was doing that for like 20 years. <laughs> you would think it'd be funny for a person to say something like that. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years, and why did that happen two years into the 20 right. years? Or 10 years into the 20 years? Why happen now? It's because, just like I said, the sun rolls through the sky at a particular time. It doesn't go faster. It doesn't go slower. So thus, the universe doesn't care what we feel like we should really be doing and when we should be doing it. Obviously, because if it did, then we then it would be screwed up as we are. It has a time system to show you, look, you really don't want to play around with this. You know you've probably been here. Who knows how long you've been here. There's one more ride coming through here, but the main thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to use your compassion. You're going to have to use love. If you can't figure out how to turn it on, that's not our fault. We're just going to recycle you. It's the, it, Look at it. It's the symbol of the Star of David. It means up triangle, down triangle, meaning that we know how to make spirits go back up and come back down into flesh again. We already showed you we can do that. Now we want you to go out. Like, like I said, there's a challenge. Like your parents, go out and be the best that you can be. Sky is not even your limit. But you, and we put, and then here's the thing. They didn't just kind of leave us into it. Especially, I'm only addressing the people on this line. People like to kind of include everyone in the conversation, but just people on this line. Right outside in many areas are trees that do things. And it's almost like it's a bridge. So there's information, basically what I'm saying. There's information everywhere. There's crystals. There's all this stuff. So this means that whoever gave out the initial command for you to manage your own spirit didn't just leave you with the, the open-ended quest like many people think. We were just left here to fend for our – no, there is this knowledge here that lives with us, the trees mainly, the, the meditations and tapping into that, that field and that, that network. That was left here to give us a guide, but to access it, the situation would have to get to the point where a person felt like accessing it. So I'm going to go ahead and take your uh, your second call, uh, Tim, or your second question. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to know how we're doing on fundraising. Are we have we got three months of operating capital yet? Or are we still needing to uh, talk to our friends and neighbors? <laughs> well, uh, it's definitely. Well, what I've done is is that I've. I just have this thing now where I can't charge for the resistance. It's not going to happen. And so I did actually send out um, I sent out a flyer or actual email to everyone uh, of the of the past contributors, letting them know that you know we did need them to continue to contribute if they could. We didn't get as much response to that, but we did get some response to it. But we're definitely not three months into operation cost. 
So what I've taken to doing is I've taken to, like, I have some side jobs and things that I've been working just to, to keep it going. I just really feel like, personally, if we can get enough people into it, then enough people can feel like they have something to contribute for what they're receiving. But people do have to realize that the resistance is a, a information powerhouse. Like, regardless of what I'm saying, you can utilize thousands of tools or thousands yeah thousands of tools that are there in order to get you to a higher level and it's actually available for you for free so you can take it you can examine it on your own you don't have to you know compensate all the time for those kind of things and that that helps that actually allows a person to cut through much of the ice faster and so I will say definitely to people that if you can contribute to do so I do want to thank the people that have contributed but we're nowhere near on the level as what we need to be like I would even just like to have extra money to rent out um, a green screen studio real quick for like four hours so that you know, we can really get these videos done. I mean, there's some stuff that people need to see done again because even when we did do those videos it was like you know, we were just giving out what we could right then for what we knew. And that's also one, one of the biggest things. that Just remember that sometimes you can just give out what you can for what you can do. Like, that's really how this teaching thing kind of started for me also because, I mean, I had a, a somewhat of an energy walk over me and tell me to start teaching, and I, I rejected it. I told it I wasn't, I didn't know enough. And it said, you'll never know enough. And basically, I thought that was funny because I thought I knew everything. So it's a very interesting, very interesting interaction. But then, but I had basically mastered the world as far as like business and things are concerned. But that was definitely why I walked away and certain access to certain access to money and things is because I wanted to reverse the current. And when I came into this, I did give away everything that I had because I thought that most people kind of talk about that, but nobody kind of ever does it. It's like the person who's a millionaire but's working at McDonald's just to see how what it's like. There's people talk about doing stuff like that, but not people who actually do it. But I realized in my life that I wasn't a cycle, and I realized that that cycle was caused by the weight of the things that I had that I knew were definitely dragging me down because they never allowed me to think. When I had expensive things exactly. that I had to especially pay monthly for, even if that I was in a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if you were in a nice place, you're not thinking about the immersion. So I would just say if, if people could con- contribute to contribute, but personally I have to really run better uh, donation campaigns or whatever in order to get people more involved in doing that. But, you know, this is well, just I a tough time. Well, I wrote something last night that I'm going to post on my blog on the, resist- on the resistance. I want you to take a look at it because I felt impressed last night that we still may need some fundraising efforts going on here. And anyway, I know you're busy, but try and take a look at it. But thank you. I'll let anybody else who's with us. Okay. And uh, we have... Okay. I do appreciate you for calling in and, uh, you know, to the 2012 show, Tim, and then I'll definitely talk to you. I know i got a couple emails backed up with you, and I'm definitely going to catch up with that. All right. <laughs> I know, man. Take care, okay? Thank you so much. Okay. Holness. Bye. Holness. Okay, caller from the 804 area code, you're our final uh, call for this uh, beautiful afternoon here in Costa Rica on the 2012 show. Uh, can I answer your question? Definitely. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing exceptionally well. Um, my name is Tremaine. I'm calling from Virginia. Um, my question is about numbers, and I was born uh, the 10th month, the 18th day, on in 1988, and everywhere I look, I keep seeing the number eight. What could this possibly mean? Like, what 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 is the letter for the number eight, and what does the number eight mean? Okay, the number eight means, and I'm just going to go ahead and explain very briefly what the number eight means, and then I'm going to go ahead and uh, make this the last call. 
What the number eight means is it's the actual symbol of regeneration. The number itself connects to the planet Venus because there's an eight time, there's an eight by five procession, meaning every time, uh, Venus goes, goes into its procession eight times every five years and traces out a pentagram in the sky. Now, these numbers eight, five, and 12 and certain numbers all go together. So what it's really about is that the time that we're actually living in, the, one of the numbers or archetypes that's present is the number eight or the womb or the mother of this the, a great deal of the generation here. For me to say that everyone came out of the eight, I believe would be incorrect. I believe there's other beings here that came from more than, uh, that came from other locations beside what we know as Venus or Aphrodite. Because remember, the, the name is Aphrodite. So if you understand, or one of the names, so if you understand an Afro, then you understand who gets the term of having an Afro. Then you keep going back, you get Inanna, and you get Ishtar, and then you, you, if you keep digging, you'll basically figure out that Venus is identified as a, a dark, melanated female being. And they say that in the, in of course in the mythology that there was a contact between her and many different beings. This is why she became in lure called the, the whore. But if you notice, the word whore in our English language indicates a woman who is very promiscuous and sells her body. However, why do we have words such as horizontal, horizon, horoscope, horus? So what we find out is, is that it means that direction. It doesn't mean a particular woman that's selling her body. So because they, the ones who put out that, uh, that demonize the word whore basically are moved up and down, then they don't like what moves side to side. And this is when you, when you really want to get deep into them. Because people think that the spiritual world doesn't function very similar to our world, meaning that there's no new, they, they don't have new things and they don't do anything that, that, uh, uh, creates more experiences and they don't even have experiences. They <laughs> feel people have limited the spiritual world to what they think. But the reality is the world is way more active. Like, it's just as, as complex as the flora and fauna that we see here and the detail that it takes to put into something like a butterfly. So the reality is, is that, um, what you're dealing with with the number eight on this dimension now is, is that the mother has the responsibility of regenerating our energy. Like, it, it is our ground. And so when we get that indicator, it's either syncing up with us or saying that we need to respond to it. And I believe that we went through this session probably about three to four months ago when the Universal Mother videos start coming out. Because remember, if, we, if you look at the, the resistance progress, what you'll see is the encounter with all of the energies through the chakra centers that it takes in order to get to the, to the higher state of consciousness. And we did even pull the card on it, which we showed last show, which is the card of fortitude, which was the connection has to be made in order to generate that energy. So basically it's the indicator that you have to understand the, also the other world, because that's what the eight is. It's two worlds there. And so it means you have the ability to live in the physical world, and then you have also full con cognizance in what we call the spiritual plane. 
And um, there was one picture that was being passed across. I put it up. It was um, some picture cut out of a Master Mason's book. The picture shows basically it's written on the bottom. It shows a Master Mason standing on top of the pyramid, and it says that the Master Mason is the capstone. So what this basically is meaning in so many words is that it's the person that has the third eye. And then they, they show the bottom or the base of the pyramid is what we call, what they call the tetragrammaton or what we call the tetragrammaton. I could even say it like that, which is yod, he, va, he, which means yod, which is the fire, the flame, and then heva, who is Eve. So it just says the base of the pyramid is the mother and the father of the generation. Okay, so that's it. Case closed. Now, if you want to amplify Yah over Heva, then you're going to be dealing with how crazy that is. And if you want to amplify Heva over Yah, then you're going to realize how crazy that is, too. They have the two components, the four components have to be kept together, but they're just a platform. The birth of the, the birth of the, the, uh, the third eye or the capstone is the individual. So that's where that symbolism lies. And so what happens in, in, in this time that we live in is that much of this symbolism that was introduced here, they say the Masons built the pyramids. Everyone knows the Masons didn't build the pyramids. The Masons haven't been around long enough. So they're taking the geometry that came off the pyramid, and they're saying geometry belongs to them and their culture. But this is why when we look at the Vatican, and as I said, the word can, I believe, it refers to dog as in canis. But it's like a Cerberus, though. It has, because it has more than one head, it can be considered as serpentine somehow. And I'm sure because the dog has a spine, it probably is genetically modified it, it, with the serpent race also. But the Vatican means the place of the dog priest. And so if we see that, what you see, what you see is that the Heva or the E part or the eighth part of our reality has been suppressed. And this is why women feel like they are suppressed. And it's been done by the dog priest because that's just as they say the cherub was the one protecting the garden. It had a flaming sword and it made sure that no one could come and eat from the garden again. What are they saying? A cherubim is the thing that looks like the sphinx. The dude in the serious mysteries identified the sphinx, which they say was built much, much at a different time than the pyramids, that the sphinx was originally even a dog face. And so wow. they, had, they had changed it so many times that it, the faith completely eroded. And so what happened is, is that uh, fr from that point, we, you could see it all really connect when you look into England and you look at every time they do one of the major ce ce celebrities, out comes Anubis. And then they're at it again with their, with their guard dogs, which I believe is, as they say in their, in their rights of ISIS, because ISIS then replaces Inanna, and with her, her rights, which are with the black dog. And then the black dog comes in, and then the magician or, or sorceress is then taught to use the black dog as their familiar. So this means now they have a trained black dog as their assistant to go and terrorize the afterworld. So this is the kind of foundation that have been moved out of the way, and then sick cults, cults that are fueled on hatred and fueled on the need for power and desperation, have entered into the mainstream, but first as the lowest level religion. No one figures out most of the time that what I'm talking about is true within the cabal and within some of the darker sectors of these religious circles until they actually go and call the God. 
and because most people don't have enough in them to go and get in contact with the God, it's just enough for them to sit on the pew and to listen to this guy say the same thing over and over again, or what they call in Islam, vain repetition. They talk about vain repetition, but then they do vain repetition. They go out and hate, hurt, kill, and they come back and pray five times a day. This is called vain repetition. So they have no guide, which is what was told to them also in the same book that what happened to them if they started doing that. And then it tells them that if you have no guide, then you'll drink lava, meaning that you'll be angry all the time. So it's interesting that these books are very good at explaining the book and what will happen if they actually practice within the book. And that's why all they have to do is get the individual to accept it. So in conclusion, that, that number eight, as you can see, when a, when a person would try to grasp the understand what the real reality of that is, that it now, now, we use the word eight now for us getting eaten. Or the eating eaten. The garden of the need eight, eight, meaning I need to eat something. So they obey the name of life. The rule will eat you. And you will die. So stay away, away from it. And this is the thing they had that way. Because remember, remember, the connected with the tree, tree, the dark, the dark, the meat, the eating. And then that, that letter E, which is the tree, tree, and for you have to have all small things that are you can be using in order to be letter E. Because the key is basically to dress. So this is the stuff that, again, I can, hopefully we've got enough transpired. I have to have more of a plan, but does that give you a general understanding whether what the eighth reading really gets into and why the symbolism behind the cross, the cross, the symbolism behind what the blue wears, the emperor's Catholicism, and other individuals wear this temple because they understand the geometric system behind it and that also goes uh, so there's also a third story that appears in there. So uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, let this other caller in, since there was one more caller, brother. Is that everything that you needed to uh, – do you have any uh, other questions? I got one more quick question. Um, about in – I think you started the, no, uh, the Universal Current show in, like, November, but around this time I had a strange dream in the sense of my brother was incarcerated at the time, but – he was in my dream, and somehow we were on the planet Venus, and the only thing that kept coming to mind when I woke up was Venus and vampires. And this is like the second time that I've been, you know, in a dream state where something like this has happened. The first time, I kept trying to being gossy, and I uh, researched it, and I think it was a plant. But I just wanted to know, like, what could that possibly mean? That uh, there's definitely, um, basically what they're saying, again, that in the, within the mythology is that Venus didn't make the best decisions, meaning that uh, the the entity known as Eve or, or, um, or Inanna, et cetera, took like suitors that birthed beings that became her sadness and her sorrow. And you can see that. <laughs> So what ends up happening is is that it has to run its course, and that's what they said. That's like that karmic law that they talk about. It's like if you make a decision, then you have to live out that decision, and that's what also is in the the Gnostic texts is uh, that Sophia, which is known as the wisdom goddess, which is indicate our planet. Uh, in, in, what we have to realize is that when you mention Earth, the Moon, and Venus, then you get name or like names like Israel, you get 
Isis, who in this case is playing the role of the moon, and you get uh, Ra, who is the sun god, and you get El, who is Saturn. And so you get three different planets having basically a, a, a organic relation or orgasmic relationship, and then the seeds from that become the ones who live in Israel. You see what I mean? And so at times when you try to take Venus and separate Venus from Earth, it's just like you're trying to pull all the trees off the earth. You can't even not connect the story, and that's why Willem Ford was showing in in in, in Tarot. You can't you can't divine the meaning of two unless you know the meaning of one and three, because one is uh, what brought it about, and then three is what happened after that. So you have to know the conjunction between these uh, these planets, this planetary knowledge, and how it actually connects. And so when you looked at the when when Aphrodite took on Saturn, his melanin recessive side as a partner, it birthed of what we would call a vampire, a, a very re, a regressive being, and in certain tenses. And then there were also what they would call it now in their their league a pure blood that was born too, one that had this uh, this this genetics that was more advanced. And so you see that basically you're dealing with a whole story that is actually playing out here on Earth on a smaller level, but Earth is not the control point at times, meaning that it doesn't emanate from here because we're the receivers of this story that the stars are playing out in the sky. And then when you understand the geometry and the mathematics behind this, you can see how a story can be developed based on the symbols and the processions and the numbers that are being used. So we're using the story, and that's why they say that storytelling was valuable to the humans because this is how we interpret what is to the higher beings just geometry. It's not even numbers. It's a particular shape. And then when you show that shape, then they know what you're talking about. The shape has a million different meanings compressed in one shape, just like our Earth. It's one, when you pull back off of it, it's just a sphere. But when you go into it, it's a billion and trillions different shapes and all sorts of stuff running around. But if you know what you're looking at as a very advanced being, when you see Earth immediately, you'd be like, it's a circle and it's blue. From that point, you would know everything about it. That's how precise our knowledge was. And then the other ones, you, then you could calculate other things that would give you even more detail about it. But there was just the color and the shape. That's why we were talking about the, the color, the shape, and the sound. That's the other thing. That graduated being comes in, he listens, or she listens to what the vibration coming off the, the, the planet or the uh, entity actually is. And they can tell everything because they have those kind of abilities activated and installed it's installed, it's already installed in us, but it needs to be activated. And so you could see why this separates us from all these individuals that we're calling controllers if we don't have it activated. And that's why I keep telling people, no matter what happens to me, you've got this now. Go forward and pursue this. This is the end of this game. The end of this game is to, to know what knowledge that that tree had. And what that tree had was the knowledge that they would with it. He said, "Ye shall." Uh, uh, they say, "If you eat from the knowledge of the tree, what will happen to you? You'll die." Well, isn't that what everyone's afraid of? But then, what happens when you figure out once you quote unquote die that you can't die? Then, right in that reality, you realize there's no such thing as death. Then the reality starts to unfold itself. It starts to reveal itself to you because you've gained the level. 
So that, that's what I'm really talking about. And so that's why that symbol becomes the most important, because they say that you cannot become enlightened. Look at all of the teachings that you can, no matter how distorted they are now, they say you cannot be enlightened unless you go through a near-death experience, a near-death experience. So in our reality right now, this is a near-death experience. <laughs> These people are near-death. According to how they look at death, they're killing and poisoning themselves. They're doing all the near-death stuff. So what does that mean now? Now that we have a near-death experience, does that mean that the entire reality is being uh, initiated into their next existence? Yes, it does. And so, brother, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and uh, let the show go ahead and rebuffer itself so that people have an opportunity to listen to the beginning. I do want to thank you for calling in into the 2012 show. We were definitely able to get a lot of information out and to help you with what exactly is going on here. But I, I do like to also open up. I wish we could have opened up a little bit earlier in the show where we have more time. We're actually into the the recording, but it, it's like a train. If you get me going, then I can take you through this whole thing like one of those super speed magnetic trains going through the center of the earth, and I can connect it. I can show you how, again, that the symbolism runs concurrent with many different things that go on in our reality. So, if you're again, if you're seeing that number eight, then I just take it as an invitation to understand what that eight is really about and what that experience is really about, so then you get to nine. And then finally, at some point, maybe it won't even take you to get to nine, you're going to realize it's just a straight line and a curve. And by all those things, it can, things, everything can be created from those two tools. And then in our reality, when we bring those two together inside of ourselves, then that's like a total realization. And then one can join with all the other individuals that have already done that. To imagine that it hasn't already been done, done though, is, is really uh, not a good thing to do these days. And because sometimes we're afraid of individuals that have more knowledge and we are skeptical of individuals that have more knowledge than we do. And this is by, by, uh, by design because these individuals out here that profess to have certain levels of knowledge but never get to the point deliver their knowledge and then only five or ten years later or twenty years later or sometimes never people figure out that the knowledge they were bringing across wasn't true. This is not that kind of thing because you can go and check it in other places. It doesn't require you to believe. It just requires you to hear it one time, and truth does the rest of what it needs to do. But this is a time where we can't really be playing around with, okay, well, I'm going to just think about this because the knowledge is way too potent for that. And that's why I say a person should look in the mirror sometime and think about why their spirit is pursuing spirituality like it is. Just to understand more oneself, to just look in the mirror and say, why do you, spirit, why do you pursue spirituality like you do? Because some people have now gotten very aggressive at finding what the truth is really going on on this planet. But that means that their, their spirit is not just any normal kind of spirit. It's something in it that it's, it seeks this. It's already been on another quest before. It knows what to do. And that's what the indigenous people were talking about. They knew their time here was fleeting, 72 years, 50 years. That's nothing compared to, you know, immortality. So they never left anything behind Earth. They came to Earth, basically hooked up with the trees got all the knowledge, and went to the next frequency as they're moving on with their experience as a collective group. So why everyone's sitting back still trying to figure out what's going on, there's large soul groups of entities coming and learning from Earth and continuing to move about their experience. We don't have to stay stagnant here, but what happens with us is, is that because we have extra components, there's a lot of time that's been spent with our existence. 
we can not on, we can travel not only we can not only ha- we not only remain in this reality as far as having a physical body it was a gift and also use our astral body to go out into these expanses and compress time like what they call dream time we spend uh, 72 years in what we call a world that an indigenous person may spend 5 minutes in in a dream because it's a, it's just a different cog on the on the time clock. But the only thing that can alter that is sometimes the only thing that can alter that is the, as we see is this third eye. Because the third eye pattern, if you notice the design, it contains that convex shape that means zero point. Any time you see the hourglass symbol, it means you can warp time. Like any time you see an hourglass symbol, it means there's a time warping factor going on there that you can travel and time travel with such device. And so when you see that this uh this 528 hertz pattern equals um, in the middle through that other diagram that actual the time hourglass symbol that tells us okay this is the symbol that is actually responsible for allowing us to blink or jump through different frequencies using our pineal gland, gathering information and things of that nature, and then coming back into this reality all in one night with a plethora of energy to spread into this reality to revitalize it. Because remember, it really needs the energy more than it needs the information. So to revitalize our reality, and so some people may say, and this is the last part of the conversation, I want to just mention this. Some people may think that they're not supposed to do this because the, the popular religions are actually killing the planet. They teach that the planet must die in order for there to be a higher level of spirituality obtained, okay? So this is still the gesture of destroying one's own mother, and people should not forget that. Like that's one of the most important things. If something fed you, if you ever ate from it, Thus, if you identify anything around it to be harming it, then there is a symbiotic relationship, just as you have a symbiotic relationship for the preservation of your own life, to do the most that you can to stop that. Because it'd be like doing the best you can to stop, basically stop someone from killing you and stop you even from killing yourself, etc. And so that's what people need to understand is that this planet that we're living on is really counting on us to revitalize the energy that it is already given. It's like, well, I gave you something. So that's why the Kundalini is available now. Because if you think about it, Kundalini is giving us something. And so that's, again, leading to the beginning of this conversation. We always talk about a giver and a receiver. Remember, there has to be a balance in it. But now a person learns not to take crap meaning they don't have to take or receive what the reality wants to give them for their energy. Because remember, yeah. once a person takes payment from the reality for their energy, the transaction is done. You can't go back to mother, uh, the, the universal mother then and say, also pay me for what I've done, because now you have this other currency also with you. So basically what I'm telling people is, is that you have to go and seek current from the universal mother because that is the currency that will hold and the other current will be so abundant for you too it's not this is not a way to get money scheme but i'm telling you your energy level has everything to do with how much physical cash or physical current you have it's that simple so if you carry things with you that contain high frequency then the low frequency of misfortune Meaning you missed the fortune. <laughs> you missed the fortune. If you miss it, then, you know, you have to start all over again. So this is to keep you from missing it, to keep you on that channel that you need to be on in order to receive what is available for you this year. 
So again, my name is James Evans Beaumont III. I'm the developer of the Planetary Resistance. I do have with me also Crystal and her husband Wes. I'm going to let them take us out here on the 2012 show and uh, just with some, some goodbyes, some wholeness and balance vibration also. Hey, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening, all uh, Resistance family members and anybody who's new on the line. We hope that you've, you've liked what you've heard. And if you have, visit us at... Uh, at uh, James's website there, resistance2010.com, where there's lots of information for you. You know, I would definitely urge everybody to use the esoteric library. It's the largest downloadable esoteric library on the, the entire uh, Internet. So there's about 50 pages there of, of books just right at your fingertips for download. So definitely make use of that. And uh, a little more uh, eight symbolism synchronicity for you there. Our daughter's... Uh, turning eight today and we're celebrating her birthday so we definitely have a, a busy day for the rest of the day so thanks for having us on and I'll give you over to Wes here quickly awesome hi Seven hey Wes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just wanted to uh, extend a warm uh, shout out to everyone and, and you know thanks so much for uh, having us on again and you know again um you know, it's it's basically at, you know down to crunch time. I would just you know really tell everyone to, um, I guess, get really serious and uh, like we have, um, really really start uh, taking on upon yourself to build a, a regimen and and you know have the ability to kind of look beyond, huh? Oh, my daughter's talking to me right now. <laughs> just uh, just have the ability to, to kind of take it upon yourself to, you know, get your mind, body, vehicle prepared um, for the upcoming months. It's it's just amazing right now what's going on. And, I mean, the more diligent you are in clearing uh, your vessel, the more that energy permeates. And um, the greater things just start coming together for you. And we're living proof of that. I mean... Um, you know, it's it's hard some days, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and, you know, each day uh, it just gets better and better. Wholeness and balance vibrations. Wholeness and balance vibrations to everyone, and thank you for tuning in once more. Bye-bye.